Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This is Yale history professor Beverly Gage, three days after the historic election of Barack Obama, talking about changes we might expect from his administration. So I'm going to begin by asking you about the mandate that I think we can say that uh, Barack Obama had uh, to change the direction we've been going, and particularly um, to change the ethos which has been prevalent in American society since maybe the Reagan years, that small government is better than big government. How might he respond to this mandate? Well, I think you're absolutely right that this is a mandate of proportions that we haven't seen in at least 30 years. Some people have looked back to the Clinton administration and the Clinton's elections uh, in 1992. But of course, there we weren't talking about anything on this level and not even a popular majority. So while I think the most obvious historic significance of Barack Obama's election is the fact that we now have, as many people have noted, our first black president. This change in ideology and this change in party structure, I think, over the long term is going to be at least as significant. And I think we can see Obama as the end of the age of Ronald Reagan, beginning in the 1980s, of course. And it's one of those elections that, like the election of Franklin Roosevelt in 1932, like the election of Ronald Reagan in 1980, really portends a much larger shift. Now, whether or not we're going to see a shift from small government to big government depends on how you define your terms a little bit. Of course, Ronald Reagan and uh, both of the Bushes after him talked a lot about small government, but they didn't actually practice small government. So that what we've seen over the last 30 years is something of a disjuncture between what's being said rhetorically and what's actually happening in the structure of the federal government. That said, I was amazed to see really for the first time in about 30 years, uh, the moment that the election was over, Republican strategists beginning to talk amongst themselves, and part of the conventional wisdom being for the first time in decades, what do we need to do in the future? Well, I guess we need to be more like the Democrats. So to some degree, you can sort of measure uh, political momentum and political dominance by who's stealing whose ideas. And for the past 30 years, Democrats have been trying to be more like Republicans and adopting that rhetoric and that strategy. And Obama seems to be a real break from that. Well, you mentioned a disjunction between what they say and what they in fact have been doing. I'm sorry to use they, but I mean by that the the Republican administrations that we've had. Um, and in fact, government has been growing. And um, the, certainly government spending has been growing, but the social safety net that government traditionally uh, since, Ron, since uh, FDR has supported, that has been uh, in retreat. So how are we going to basically go back to many of the social programs that were introduced under uh, FDR? There's no question that Barack Obama is coming to power at a moment of profound economic and financial crisis. In fact, one of my conclusions out of this particular election is that it is only at moments of profound financial crisis 
particularly in the 20th century, that you actually see these sorts of broad ideological shifts, these sort of broad party shifts. That's how FDR came to power and began uh, the age of liberalism in the 20th century. That's how Ronald Reagan came to power in the economic crisis of the late 1970s and began our age of conservatism. And of course, that's now uh, how we're entering what I suppose we can call, for lack of a, an established term right now, the age of Obama. And it seems like there are really two ways that he can go with the fact that we are in such dire economic straits. Moments of crisis often become moments of opportunity, moments when things that weren't possible at other moments, people begin to reimagine what is possible and they can take leaps that they haven't taken before. That's a little bit of what you saw in the Great Depression and the New Deal. That things that have been resisted and pressed against for years, government reforms, um, social safety, innovations, became possible out of a sense of desperation and a sense that whatever one might conclude, it was clear that the old ways weren't working. So that's one possibility of what may be coming in terms of healthcare reform, in terms of um, other social safety net aspects of what Obama may do. The other possibility is that, in fact, the fact that we're in an economic crisis is going to constrain him. He is coming into power saddled with enormous debts, an enormous deficit that has been growing and growing year after year. Uh, merely servicing that takes an enormous proportion of the federal budget, as does now funding the war. Um, so these, in addition to the other social safety burdens that are already in place, may prove to be restrictions. So it's not quite clear whether this is a moment of enormous opportunity that Obama is going to seize and kind of create a whole new world of government programs, or whether he's going to be coming into office really hobbled by the economic crisis and unable to do many of the things that he's laid out. And I think the jury's still out on that. Um, I'd just like to talk about the ethos of uh, Barack Obama. Um, how is he really going to, if not actually affect the changes, how is he going to influence the way people feel about government, whether or not he can in fact achieve what he hopes to achieve and what we crave? Well, certainly one of Obama's strongest political points is that he is able to be many, many things to many people, and that many people, for a whole range of reasons, feel deeply, deeply invested in this election. And what he's been able to do is bring all of those people together. Um, so it, it remains to be seen once he, he goes from pure possibility, which is really what he's been, and pure possibility, one of the funniest things that you often hear about Obama is that people are quite sure, people from different political viewpoints are quite sure that while he's saying one thing in his heart of hearts, he really thinks exactly what they think, right? And you see this from people all over the um, political spectrum, or at least uh, Democratic voters. So um, there's no question that Obama has been able to inspire and achieve great things. Exactly how that's going to play out once he begins to really put his ideas into practice, again, it, it remains to be seen. He has tremendous powers of persuasion. Um, he has tremendous powers to bring people together. And certainly one of the most moving things about this election has been um, a rejection of the negativity and the partisanship and the sheer meanness that has been part of American politics 
politics so much um, in recent years and that so many people have lamented. And to a remarkable degree, though, of course, there were negative aspects of the campaign, um, he has been able to rise above that and really set a new tone for American politics. Do you think that he's likely to capitulate to, uh, I'll say the right, uh, but take a more centrist approach when in fact he uh, takes over the reins of government? Or do you think he will take another course? Is he going to be in the mold of the Clintons? Or what do you think? Well, I think this is one of the great questions at the moment about Obama. And certainly in terms of the policies that he's been putting forth uh, throughout the electoral cycle, he is a centrist. He is a policy centrist. Um, certainly his health care plan is a fairly limited plan. We're not talking about single payer health insurance. Um, and he's been very careful about navigating uh, the extremes on both ends. And he's also been very open about sort of advertising his bipartisan intentions, advertising his intentions to bring people together. And of course, that often means a fairly centrist approach. Um, I don't think he'll be like the Clintons in the sense that I don't think he's going to be um, drawing the Clintons in. Uh, in any explicit way. But I do tend to think that he's going to act in a fairly centrist fashion. Uh, there is still the possibility, however, that what he was saying nine or 10 months ago in an election cycle when he's laying out a health care plan, the situation is so radically different now in terms of the economic crisis. That was simply a different world policy-wise. And so I'm not sure how much we can really read from what it was that he was proposing and saying uh, nine or 10 months ago when he began to win in the primaries. And I'm not sure that he's entirely figured out what exactly he's going to do to address the economic crisis. Can you just uh, explain to us what his... Uh health policy was? I know it's rather complicated, but what was he espousing nine or 10 months ago? Uh, never mind what he might do now that he's taking over, but what exactly what was he uh, hoping to achieve uh, when he set out his right. goals? Well, I'm not an expert on healthcare policy, so I'm probably not the one to explain the details of, of what Obama has been laying out. But in principle, one of the things that struck me about the way that he was framing his health care plan was that he was not saying everyone in America is going to have health insurance. He was saying health insurance is going to be available at an affordable rate for everyone who wants it. So it is somewhat based on this idea that there's a pool of people who don't necessarily want or need health insurance. And I think um, thinking in terms uh, largely of kind of healthy people in their 20s or just a certain pool of people who just aren't in a position where it's going to be worth it to them. So he was always very, and again, I'm not getting into the details of his policy, um, but that was something that was very striking to me in terms of his political outlook. And as a historian, I tend to think of him as something of a sort of old school progressives, a turn of the 20th century progressive who faith, puts a lot of his faith in things like uh, voluntarism, in transparency, right, in the idea that if you make the workings of government uh, visible to people, if you educate them about them, that that somehow the right solution is going to come out of all of that. And I think, um, you know, he's very much someone who puts his faith in these sort of process-oriented 
um, approaches. And that's very different, actually, from someone like uh, Franklin Roosevelt or from what was going on during the New Deal when you were having kind of interest group wrangling, right, when it really wasn't so much about process and transparency. And for Obama, the idea of participatory democracy, which is a somewhat more recent idea. But his faith in, in process and voluntarism, um, I think, is really much more like what you saw uh, from the early 20th century progressives than necessarily the, the New Deal pro uh, progressives to whom he's more often compared. That's very interesting. I haven't heard that. And I'm wondering if um, this will, will sit well with the majority of Americans who might now, because of the economic crisis, feel a more pressing need for New Deal kind of policies. Yeah, I think one of the places that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out is around um, labor issues. Uh, one of the big issues for the labor movement at the moment is what's called the Employee Free Choice Act, which basically means that you wouldn't be holding um, secret ballot elections run by the National Labor Relations Board, which have been very problematic and very difficult and very time consuming. Um, in recent years, but rather that employees would be able to join a union by simply signing a card. Once the majority of employees signed a card in a workplace, uh, a union would be formed. So uh, not a secret ballot. You know, unions are making the case that this is a much more straightforward and much more democratic way to do it. Um, employers, of course, are really uh, very resistant to this. So one of the questions, uh, I think, in terms of what kind of liberal Obama exactly is, is, is what his attitude toward, uh, toward labor is going to be around this question. And one of the most interesting things to me was that it was really conservative commentators in the aftermath of uh, the election and even on election night who were the first ones to begin talking about about employee free choice and how important this is going to be for what the uh, Democratic Party is going to look like, how we're going to be handling the economic crisis, and, uh, and what the Obama administration's attitude toward uh, labor and employers is really going to end up to be. And I don't think he's given entirely clear signals about which way um, he's going to go on that question. And how about globalization and the outsourcing of labor? How does that play into the whole mix and the dynamic of uh, labor relations and the domestic economy altogether? Again, I think we can see um, Obama going either way on that. He's been very skillful at uh, both being a champion of free trade and also being someone who insists that um, labor rights, environmental rights, these sorts of protections need to be incorporated into trade agreements. But again, I, I don't think there's any entirely clear path, and this is not my area of expertise, I should stress, but um, I think it's one of those open questions, how these ideas and these principles are really going to translate into policy in a moment of economic crisis. I just think um, we, we don't know, and I don't know if Obama knows quite yet. Well, that is extremely interesting, and I thank you for your time. I'd just like to end by asking you if you yourself are hopeful that we really have taken a new and positive direction. I absolutely do feel hopeful. I think it was a, a remarkable, remarkable achievement. It was a remarkable moment. And I think it is one of those elections that has 
absolutely upended American politics. And there is just as much chance that this is going to go well, that is going to transform how it is Americans feel about their government, um, certainly is going to take away some of the, um, the anger and the taint and the frustration that has been so much characteristic of particularly the later Bush years. Um, and it seems like an enormously hopeful moment for all of us, and I hope that it lasts. That was Beverly Gage talking about what changes the 44th president of the United States might bring about. This was recorded as part of Yale's Election 2008 series of podcasts on November 7, 2008.